it needed someone who was going to be over the top to carry the show, to carry the movie. And Jim Carrey was the perfect person for that. Even on Rotten Tomatoes, the animated one is rated 10 points higher than the live action. You know, I, I thought Boss Baby was just going to be terrible, but it's actually amazing and hilarious. So what's up, everybody? It is your boy Dino Favara, and I am so excited that you're here today. Have you ever watched How the Grinch Stole Christmas? Have you ever wondered what's the highest number grossing Christmas movie of all time? And no, it's not How the Grinch Stole Christmas with Jim Carrey. I have so many thoughts and opinions on Jim Carrey's Grinch, and I'm just so passionate about it. It's been something I've watched for years of my life, and I love it so much. So in this episode of the podcast, I'm going to be breaking down exactly why Jim Carrey's Grinch is the best one ever and no one will ever do it any better. So, if you're excited, be sure to strap on those headphones so that they never come off for the next hour. I think it's actually like a 30-minute episode, but stay tuned, have fun, and be sure to leave a review if you like this content, or be sure to share it with a friend. Thanks so much, and now, without much further ado, let's get right into this next episode of the Hot Takes Podcast. Let's go, baby. Hello, 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 everybody. It is Dino Favara. I'm here again with the Hot Takes podcast. We're here for another episode. And we're just going to jump right in, and I'm going to lay it down flat for you. Give it to you straight, just like you want it. Jim Carrey is the best Grinch that ever is, ever was, and ever will be. Ever since I was a wee lad in 2000, I've always loved the Grinch, okay? Obviously, as a child, I thought he was hilarious. Everyone did in the early 2000s. He's still funny even now. Jim, you know, we're on first name basis here, is one of those actors whose physical comedy, crazy facial expressions, and a hilarious voice inflection always seems to make any script written turn into just mwah, chef's kiss gold. He has an uncanny knack for just the right amount of crazy that will take words and turn them into laughter. Sometimes he doesn't even need words, honestly. He just needs a screen or a microphone, and he's gonna just gonna do crazy weird things with his face that always just seem to tickle my fancy. We even just saw, if you're listening to this recently after the Super Bowl, he was in a Super Bowl commercial. He was just on screen being like a, I think it was a T-Mobile commercial maybe, uh, or was it Verizon? Where it was just like an internet thing, and he was just an internet repairman. The most normal thing you could be and he somehow made it hilarious now what makes jim carrey's grinch so freaking good is everything i just mentioned he's funny his facial expressions everything about him but before i go too much into that i need to start with duh, 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 some back's story let's set the tone for why he was picked in the first place by the year 2000 jim was on fire Okay, he had done multiple box office hits, including The Mask, Dumb and Dumber, and Ace Ventura. 
You know, I really should just stop there, honestly. I'm pretty confident everyone listening has at least one positive experience with any of those three movies. And they were all released within one year, 1994. Year I was born, baby. Let's go, 1994? Okay? <laughs> um, but, hey, listen. If you don't quote Dumb and Dumber on the regular, I'm scared to ask what language you think you're using when you order a grande frappuccino, okay? Because this is just something that has cemented itself in language. He embedded Dumb and Dumber and, and everything that Jim Carrey's done has embedded himself in pop culture quotes for the rest of foreseeable human American history. Jim was able to land himself the gig as the Grinch, which was directed by Ron Howard, and has gone on to become the second highest grossing Christmas film of all time using some of these. Only second to Daddy's Home 2. Okay, that's a joke. It's actually Home Alone, as it should be. Home Alone should be the highest grossing Christmas film of all time. However, okay, I'm just going to do a little side note. I was, you know, reading and researching and getting ready for this episode. And something weird happened as I, you know, I saw on his Wikipedia page that The Grinch was number two highest Christmas grossed film, whatever. So I, I of course, had to do my research. Okay, I, I had to. So I read Jim Carrey's Wikipedia page, but then I looked up myself what was the number one highest grossing Christmas film. And it turns out the number one grossing Christmas film of all time is The Grinch. <sighs> but it's the animated one with Benedict Cumberbatch. What? I'm at a loss. I will say this, okay? Animated, animated films are always going to make more money because they're directed at a market with the most money. Families with children. So it, he was kind of cheating, okay, when he was in that movie. I still, ha I, I'll be honest, I still haven't seen The Grinch, you know, the animated one. So I don't know if I can necessarily talk about it. I will say I asked some kids, I said, Oh, you know, Jim Carrey's the best Grinch. They said, who's that? And then they said, but I like the Grinch because it's funny. Obviously talking about the animated one. So ever since I heard that, I was just devastated. It was just, oh, what does this world come to when we don't even know about Jim Carrey's the Grinch? Well, everyone should because it's the best one. Anyways, uh, I, had, I had to fight this. So I looked up the Rotten Tomatoes reviews of the animated ones and the live action one. And apparently, even on Rotten Tomatoes, the animated one is t rated 10 points higher than the live action. <laughs> now, although this puts a damper on my argument, it is never about fact. This podcast is strictly about what you are all here for. My opinion so let's share my opinion opinion shall we how the grinch stole christmas should be the best for a few reasons first off jim carrey did the best at creating a fictional character that already existed and just revolutionizing it okay i'll give you some examples uh by asking questions which Universal Studios Grinch do they use? Do they use an animated Grinch at Universal Studios during Christmas time? No. No. They use Jim Carrey's Grinch. At least 
they try and be that really sassy, rude, sarcastic Grinch. And it's hilarious. It's absolutely hilarious. Um, I, I personally went one time and I had a blast. We, me, my wife, she was my girl, my fiance at the time, I believe, or she, no, she was my girl. Oh, uh-oh, she's listening to this. So she's going to be mad at me. Okay. All right, guys, welcome back. I just went on my Instagram and found out it, we were indeed just boyfriend and girlfriend at the time. Okay. So. I'm going to pretend like I didn't even have to research that. <laughs> my brother and his wife and my girlfriend at the time, now wife, we went to Universal and we stood in line and waited for the Grinch. And it was a wonderful experience. It was just everything I could have dreamed of. He got mad at us. He told us to hurry up and move on and he even made fun of me a little bit. So it was perfect. And that type of character, that sort of entertainment wouldn't have existed if it wasn't for Jim carry because what did he have to work with a cartoon that had a, almost no lines and the cartoon was adapted from a book he had nothing he had to start basically from the ground up to build the character of the Grinch what's well we have to start what's a character a character has nuances it fidgets nervous ticks quips postures everything that goes into what makes us us Jim Carrey had to figure out on his own he had to just come up with it from the pure genius of his brain okay now I'm not trying to just harp on saying how awesome Jim Carrey is I think he's a flawed individual just like you and I listening um you you listening I guess I'm also listening uh, but Jim Carrey had to come up with all these he came up with a posture he came up with a a, an, a way the Grinch walked he came up with little ways the Grinch talked out of his mouth and kind of turned his mouth to the side. And kind of that that accent that we all know and love for the Grinch that just screams, I hate you, get away from me. Jim Carrey had to come up with all of that, all on his own. The more I'll just say this, uh, this will be my last point on this part, is the more you watch the Grinch from a acting perspective, like, okay, let me just see do almost an analysis of this character, the more you see the layers that Jim gave to the Grinch. And it's incredible. Uh, moving on why the Grinch should be best for a few reasons is uh, it's fun for kids and adults. Now, like I said, I haven't seen the animated Grinch. And I will say I've had to hang up my hat on this idea that animated films nowadays aren't fun or good anymore. You know, I, I thought Boss Baby was just going to be terrible but it's actually amazing and hilarious. So that, I, you know, I just have to eat my hat sometimes with calling out animated movies. So maybe I should watch. No, you know what? I don't need to watch the animated movie because I know Jim Carrey's is the best for kids and adults. Why? Well, obviously, as a child, I loved this movie. Thought it was hilarious, you know? I watched it with my parents, and my, my parents told me there were some crude things to it, and I was like, what? He said the word but, you know, or stupid. I, that's all I that's all I thought about it. Um, but the more you listen, the more you just hear the little tiny things he says. Like, for example, he's he's walking in town and he's some, you know, at the very beginning scene and someone's like, Merry Christmas. And he just goes, is it? 
<laughs> and for some reason that just gets me ticklish it just is very funny it's all the little tiny things and even how he says something i, I can pretty much quote this whole movie guys when cindy lou who sneaks in and she's talking to him trying to convince him to come to the hubilation and she's like she says something. She's like, you should really try and come down because, you know, I think you could do it. And we, you know, once you're there, and the Grinch just responds, me, 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 there. Grow up. <laughs> Which is hilarious because it contrasts itself within that one sentence of mimicking someone like a child and then yelling at them to grow up. Uh, I mean, amazing. Okay. So every time I hear it, there's just some random new quote that I never picked up beforehand, and I'm just stunned with how hilarious. And I've seen this pretty much every Christmas for the last 10 years, so. Uh, except for 2015. Rest in peace. Okay. Um, the next part is what the Grinch does really well, what this Ron Howard one does, and, the Grinch, and Jim Carrey does really well, is he shows, he doesn't necessarily tell. So there's a lot of things that they don't tell you as in the movie, they just show you, which because kids are watching, they don't comprehend certain things. So when they see it, they're just like, oh, whatever. But then when the parents watch it, they're like, oh, <laughs> oh, oh. For example, it took me until I was maybe about 22. And that's that's a long time, to be honest. But it was. It took me about 22 when I watched this movie. And the old old parents are discussing you know, the Grinch, how the Grinch showed up in their life. And they were like, oh, we were just having our casual holiday get together. And then you see that, you know, them all putting keys in a jar. And if you don't know what that means, I'll share right now in a very PG way. It's a swinger party, <laughs> which I did not understand until I was an adult. So I was able to watch that scene and be like, oh, OK, whatever. You know, they just had a party, got crazy, whatever. But it actually was something totally crazy uh, and added a new layer to it. On top of that, the it's like the scene right after where the Grinch shows up, you know, on the doorstep by flying, the, or technically the tree, by flying down in this little parasail. And then it shows some other family getting their child. And obviously it's setting up that, you know, Whoville people, the Who's, get their kids from, you know, the baby flying in from a carousel. The dad opens the door. <gasps> Honey, the baby's here. He takes another look at the baby. Looks just like your boss. As a child, that didn't mean anything to me. But I remember I turned 17 that year, watched it again, and I went, <gasps> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I know exactly what that means. And so those are the little tiny moments that I'm talking about. Last one, last one. And this one I learned this year. This was this year, guys. 27 years old. And I'm finally see hearing this one because I was watching with subtitles at the very end of the movie. You know, the Grinch and Cindy Lou are going down the mountain and he's like skiing behind the, the sled. Then he ends up coming around. And, you know, crashes on the, the sled. And Cindy Lou goes, oh my gosh, are you okay? And he says, what are you kidding me? The sun is shining and the powder's bitching. And pardon my French, but that's the quote. That's literally what he says. Because that's an actual thing snowboarders and skiers say. Is they, the powder is X. 
<laughs> and I was floored. <laughs> I was like, he said what? And I even looked at, I typed, I looked up the script and it's, I swear that's what it says. So even today you'll find things that just astound me. <sighs> Moving on, they, you know, it's fun for kids and adults. They show, they don't tell, all sorts of things. But another reason why The Grinch, Jim Carrey's, is better than all the rest. And this is my last point, guys. My last point. The Grinch, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, obviously is a story from a book that kind of, it's just kind of, I feel like the book and the cartoon, the original cartoon, are very much focused on this idea of like, Christmas is about being together as a family and not the presence. And it was kind of, it's just that surface level thing, you know? Um, that's just how I view it. Whenever you watch How the Grinch Stole Christmas with Jim Carrey, there's so much more to it. You know, obviously, American consumerism as a an ode to that. That's one of the themes is kind of how we get so caught up in just buying new things for people, having a holiday be all about the material things that we give to one another. And this all culminates in this amazing speech by Jim Carrey, uh, this monologue when he's at the hubilation and Martha May just got proposed to and she says, oh, well, they're all just wonderful gifts. And he says, well, of course they are. That's what it's all about, isn't it? That's what it's always been about. Gifts. Gifts. Gifts, 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 gifts. I could hang myself. Well, you know, I could I could literally do this whole speech. Maybe maybe I'll do it at the very end. So stick around. If you want to hear the entire speech, just hang out to the end and I'll I'll just record that on my own because I memorized it because it was so freaking good. And you know what was good about it? One is just the pure genius of the acting, of the levels he creates, the amount of range he has in that conversation. I just love seeing actors really just take control of a scene with a monologue. And this one was just perfect and encapsulated so well how caught up in the material things of this world we can get in. I'm going to be honest with you. It is very easy for me every Christmas to forget about what Christmas is actually about. I, I, I would view myself as a flawed individual, but, you know, striving to be my best. Every year, I, I try and focus on the reason for the season, which is the celebration for me, for my faith, the celebration of Christ uh, in his birth. But it can be so easy to just be worried about what am I going to get my parents? What am I going to get my wife? What am I going to get my brother, sister, friends? You know, and the, your schedule gets so busy. I think I had maybe four total hours to myself in the last... 20 days of December. It was just all with people doing things. It was just so much. So it's very easy to get caught up in this rapid paced life that we live and especially during the holidays. And I think the Grinch does a great job at kind of breaking that down. Next, I think it also has a theme, an underlying thing of believing the voices in our head. It, it breaks down this idea that we become the voices that we listen to. And when the Grinch grows up, 
being told he's green and ugly and mean. And especially when it all culminates in that one scene where everyone's laughing at him and he ends up going up the mountain to live by himself. Now he doesn't have any other voices to speak into him. It's just him and the ones he's heard for the last six, eight years of his life. And so he just stews on it and he he broods on it and he ends up hating people. And it, the voices inside that he allowed to listen to have just become these things that just turn him into this snarky, toxic, mean man. When the whole beautiful part about Jim Carrey's Grinch is you can tell deep down he's a good person. He's good, but he just feels trapped in this feeling of I have to be the Grinch because that's who I am. I'm the Grinch. I'm a mean person. So it wasn't just because of the bullying, but because he allowed and he secluded himself from everybody and he was able to allow those negative voices to be the ones that stick with him. And I think that's such a beautiful thing we can take away is that at the very end of the movie, he finally gets someone, Cindy, who speaks a good voice in him, that she believes in him. And so he starts to change and his heart grows three sizes. And from then on, he's able to hear Martha May speak about how much she's in love with him and all these different things happen. And he's able to change how he describes himself. And I just think that's powerful. That is, that is powerful. And the last deeper theme that I, I find that I find so intriguing is actually just straight up racism. It, it's a really interesting take on this idea that this deep rooted hatred and assumptions about someone based off the color of their skin, that is so blatantly played out in this movie. Even so much as to go to my favorite, one of my favorite quotes, which is when the entire Whoville is in shambles and going crazy. And he try he says, taxi. And the car goes right past him and he says, it's because I'm green, isn't it? <laughs> and that is hilarious, but it's a wake up call at the same time of like, holy frick, half of this is because he's green. He's the only green person there. He's hairy and he bases how he should be interacting with society and society bases that off of him because of his green color. I think one of my favorite lines in this, ironically, is the scene where they're like, you know, we just went up to the mountain. It was the Grinch. And, you know, it's at the beginning and everyone goes crazy and everyone's like, oh my gosh, he said the Grinch. He's like, what do you want? I mean, the Grinch. Oh no. <laughs> and the the dad's like, oh, sorry, Mayhu. You know, we, um they weren't, they weren't up in the Grinch, you know, they were probably just defacing public property or playing with matches. And the mayor's like, oh, thank God. <laughs> um, but that's very much a, like, that's racism. And it's not just because he's, you know, just a jerk, but it's partly because he's different from them. And so they feel like they have to seclude themselves and keep him away because otherwise they'll be in big trouble. So it's really interesting how that works. And not to mention... The Grinch is an example of how deep-rooted judgment can pass down through the generations. You know, 
Cindy Lou's brothers and, you know, that whole ragtag group of teens, they've never met the Grinch. But because of their parents and the, the adults around them who told them about who the Grinch was and why the Grinch was bad, they were like, oh, this guy's really mean. So they tried to go up and mess with him or they're, they're trying to think about how bad the Grinch is. And that is proof that these sort of judgments can be passed down through generations if you're not careful. And the whole point that this movie makes is that that can be changed within one generation, one or two. When, when someone starts to stand up, reach across the other side, and really get to know the other individual, you can come together and you can, you can break that cycle. Now, the one thing that I would see would be interesting is because at the very end of the movie, you know, everyone's holding hands, singing Favu Doris, and they have dinner at the Grinch's house, and they're all eating all together. That is the Civil Rights Act right there. That is Civil Rights Act. Everyone's come together. We did it. We ended racism. We ended, you know, whatever. And you know what? I'd be really interested to see what more there is after that scene. You know, that's kind of the, and they lived happily ever after scene. But I'm really interested to see what would that have looked like, you know? Is, are there still people at the table who, you know, think he smells weird or... You know, they, they want him to be, they, oh, you know, I don't hate the Grinch, but I just don't want to, I don't want to talk to him. I don't want to, I don't want my kids to hang out with him. I'd be so interested to see what that looks like, because I think it's a, it is just a good reflection of, of racism. And all of that is in how the Grinch stole Christmas. All these themes uh, of American consumerism, the, the listening to the voices in our head, as well as just straight up racism. These are all things in The Grinch that Jim Carrey's Grinch just does a, such a good job representing well. The mark of a true actor is when you just believe who they are. You don't see Jim Carrey playing The Grinch. You see The Grinch. You don't see Luke Skywalker played by Mark Hamill. You see Luke Skywalker. The mark of a good actor is when you are just totally convinced of that that person is real and they have feelings they react a certain way they have motives and i think jim carrey just did that the best maybe maybe we'll never hopefully we'll never get another live action grinch it was already a a pretty bold attempt at a movie and maybe the grinch should be an animated creature you know it's a very big and over the top production anyways i think the production cost was millions of dollars but i think in a medium that is so hyper focused on over the top, and they were able to translate like the animation, and they were translate that into live action. It needed someone who was going to be over the top to carry the show, to carry the movie. And Jim Carrey was the perfect person for that. And because of his his funny quirks, his character creation, the funny quips that he would share, kind of offhand in in scenes, how he reacted to situations and the way he was able to portray himself i think jim carrey's grinch is the best grinch ever and no one else should try ever so that is my hot take on how the grinch stole christmas thank you guys so much for listening uh this was really fun um just kind of coming up with some of this as a script the other part was just bullet points and I just had so much fun kind of putting down my argument in words. Uh, the next episode is going to be about why Chick-fil-A is one of the best 
first jobs you could get. So if you want to listen to that, be sure to follow along by clicking like or follow or whatever. I, I don't think I've actually, actually asked anyone to do this, but if you could leave a review for this podcast, I think that would be so helpful, uh, whether it's a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Um, I think it would just mean so much to me and would help the growth of this podcast. I mainly just want to do this as a fun way to get my arguments out there. And I think some of you back at home have some of those arguments too. You've got these hot takes that you just want the world to know about. And I'm good with sharing this stage for that. So if you've got a hot take, let me know. Hit me up on Twitter at Dino Favara or on Instagram, TikTok anywhere at Dino Favara. Um, feel free to sign up for my newsletter, Double Taps, where we break down viral moments, why they happen and how you can replicate them. Those come out twice a month. Uh, and you can find all that stuff in the description below. All right. Anyways, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Hot Takes Podcast. And until then, we'll see you next time. Peace. It's a new car! Generously provided by the taxpayers of Whoville. Oh, well, these gifts are so wonderful. Of course they are. That's what it's been about, isn't it? That's what it's always been about! Gifts. Gifts. Gifts, 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 gifts. You know what happens to all your gifts? They all come to me. In your garbage. You see what I'm saying here? In your garbage! I can hang myself with all the bad Christmas neckties I found in the dump. And the avarice. The avarice never ends! I want diamonds, I want golf clubs, I want a pony so I can ride it twice, get bored and sell it to make glue. Look, I don't want to make waves, but this whole Christmas season is just stupid, stupid, stupid. There is, however, one teeny tiny Christmas tradition I find quite meaningful. Chink, mistletoe. Now pucker up and kiss it, Whoville! And that's my rendition of the Grinch Whoville rant. Thank you. Bye-bye.